0: Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison. You're listening to episode 50 of The Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Alrighty. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Parallel Podcast. So, as you guys can see, this is our 50th episode. Technically, it has been exactly a year or maybe like two, three days I don't remember. I probably should look before doing this episode. But basically, a year since I started this podcast, and just pretty cool to see the progress that I've made in the last year. Um, this last month of April, I think that's yeah, we're in May now. Um, I almost had a thousand listeners uh, alone in that month. So I know being on TikTok and all that good stuff I've definitely helped uh, with more people being able to listen to the podcast. Um, I know word of mouth has been awesome too. A lot of people just been telling each other about the podcast um, and all that good stuff. So I'm going to just tell you guys the top three countries that are currently listening. And it is the United States, South Africa, and tied for third is the Barbados and Russia. So pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. So, as I've told you guys before, I think I've told you. <laughs> I've been working on merch for a minute. Um, one thing about me, I'm a perfectionist. So if I don't like it and my heart's not fully in it, I'm not about to just send y'all something or give you guys something that I'm not fully proud of. So I think I got three designs that I want and I'm going to have to kind of deliberate with some friends, but hopefully that'll be out sometime this year. Um, and maybe I'll do like a giveaway or something with those. That'd be, that'd be cool. I think I'll do that. So yeah. Um, thank you guys for come along this journey with me. Um, I, I just think really it's not even about me. I'm just trying to get this information out to you guys. And I think it's awesome to see how many people desire to honor the Lord with their sexuality. And I think it's a, an important conversation we need to have in the church that's not happening often enough. So, um, I do want to applaud you guys. So yeah, as you guys can see, we will be talking about boundaries today. Um, some TikTokers asked that I do an episode on boundaries. So here we are. Um, I think I've mentioned boundaries in the past episodes, but um, I don't have an episode that I can direct people to when they ask me about the subject. Um, I just want to quickly commend everyone that has reached out to me asking about their personal relationships, asking about past sins and even, you know, what is considered sex. Um, Some people are asking public comments and I just feel like that's really brave and vulnerable. So I commend you guys and you know, I ask that you continue to feel comfortable on my platform and continue to ask. And if you aren't comfortable asking the comments, uh, you can always message me on the Parallel Pod on Instagram. Uh, no question is stupid. The reason you feel that way is because these conversations are not happening enough. So feel free to reach out. Um, I respond to everyone. So let's get into today's episode. So I want to get to a point that I can have an episode for most topics so I can direct people to those episodes, but also answer specific questions pertaining to your life in particular. So um, that's why my hope is to start a coaching aspect of the parallel so we can have more specific conversations that are curated to your exact situation. Um, so yes, I'm trying to kind of create a, a large... Uh, database for people who have multiple com- questions but also have deeper conversation with people so I want to share a dm I recently received um not to show you guys that people are dming me <laughs> but I think it helps when someone else in your class raises their hand and asks the question everyone else was afraid to ask so as you guys may know um I had you know that low-key viral video that is a little over 110k views now um, and it was about Christians trying their best to avoid admitting what they've had, you know, what they've done sexually or or if they've even had sex. And also about how a lot of Christians are uninformed about, you know, oral sex being sex. Um, you, if you're doing oral sex, listen to the word, <laughs> you know, you, don't shorten it. Oral, add the sex on the end. And it's that's what it is. You're having sex. Um, you're being sexual with someone. So the amount of people convicted, joking, people that are appalled um, in the comments that Christians are actually engaging in oral, you know, even, even engaging in oral, at all there were some people that i was surprised that they're saying like that's an abomination you shouldn't be doing that and i'm like wow that's kind of crazy that you're saying that to people that are married and can do what they want the marriage is is undefiled so who are you to decide what they do in their marriages um but yeah just it was really great conversation that people were having in the comments and asking really good questions um so i got to address you know the oral you know that oral is indeed sex um so if you're doing that stop Um, But this girl spoke about how she is struggling with transitioning from having sexual interactions in her relationship and it's with her boyfriend or someone she's talking to, not in a marriage. And she's questioning if it's even possible for them to stay together and wait if they've already sinned together. Um, And never once have I had a repulsive or disappointed response to people who genuinely see the issue with their sin. Usually when I read these things, um, I'm often sad like my heart is sad for these people because, you know, even though Christ says, you know, once you come to him, there is no longer condemnation. We as Christians can live with so much shame and fear. Um, now, I think it is important to have a reference, uh, a reference for, for Christ and a healthy fear. But you are not damned to hell or called, you know, to subject yourself to unnecessary judgment because you sinned. You don't have to hate yourself. um, I mean, if this, I don't know if this helps, what you sin every day, so um, God still loves you. It's not about what you do. It's you know, He's just a loving person. His love is unconditional. Um, so you know, we serve a very loving and gracious God, um, and grace is for those who know they're weak. So this girl came to me humbly, and you know, I'm so honored to have these conversations with you guys. So in the conversation, I directed her to episode 32 about discussing sexual attraction while dating. Thirty-six, letting go of shame and episode two about sexual purity, just so she could have like a better understanding of what it means to be sexually pure and what the Lord um, asks of us. So episode 32 discusses sexual boundaries, but it also, you know, talks about how you're allowed to tell your partner what you love about them and the sexual boundaries in that episode is more about, you know, letting your partner know what would lead to, more sex (laughs) so that's what i talked about in that episode um but on the other hand i I think this episode today is going to be speaking about sexual boundaries and relationships but also boundaries and relationships that have become unhealthy so in episode 32 it's more about um i want to have sex with this person and how do i make sure i don't do that until we are in the covenant of marriage today's episode i'm going to talk about um, boundaries in general in relationships but also sexual boundaries in, rela- in relationships you're committed in where you don't have to give yourself to someone different aspects of yourself that you don't desire to so the reason I think it's important to talk about this is because in some churches and fellowship circles it is assumed that someone who you know completely empties themselves for others is to be highly praised in the church and I completely disagree That just sounds sad when you think about it someone completely emptying themselves for others it just sounds sad I really don't know, you know, why some Christians seem to be so against self-love. It's just weird to me. Like, we brag so much about how Jesus loves us and how Jesus loves others, but then turn around and act like loving ourselves is the opposite of humility. That doesn't quite make sense. The Bible literally says that the second greatest commandment. Stop and think for a second. Like, the second greatest commandment, Um, it's... Throughout, throughout the whole Bible, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as who? As yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That's what it says. So the first is to love God. The second is to love others as yourself. So technically it is love God and on the same level it puts loving yourself and others. And the weird thing about some of the things we allow in relationships is we would never subject the people we love to some of these things that we allow. Or, or just happen in the world. We should never encourage a person to stay in an abusive situation if we wouldn't desire to be in that same situation our, ourselves. Like, if you're encouraging your your friend to stay in an abusive relationship in a in an abusive marriage, why don't you switch our shoes for a day? Is that somewhere you want to be? Do you think that's what Christ has for us? And I understand that we are called to suffer on this earth, but we don't have to put ourselves in unhealthy situations. You don't, you don't have to create opportunities for your suffering. Like it's going to happen regardless. <laughs> so I think the church, uh, kind of gets kind. I don't know how to say this basically, basically complacent to where it's like, Oh, well the Bible only says you can't do this. Um, you know, speaking about adultery. So it only clearly says that, you know, if you can, you can only divorce someone for adultery. Like, do you understand that abuse breaks a covenant of a marriage? Do you guys forget what the vows are? You're creating a covenant with someone. Think about how seriously God takes the covenants that he makes with us. Like the Bible clearly outlines what love looks like, how a man should lay down his life for, uh, like Christ did for the church. Um, and the Bible talks about being a good steward of what is placed in our position. And that doesn't just mean things. That means our relationships as well. So abusing one another or abusing another person goes directly against the second greatest commandment. And what is that? To love others ab yourself. So you're breaking the second commandment as a Christian. So we can't just say, oh, the Bible doesn't say anything up, doesn't say that abuse is, it's just, you know what I'm saying? I'm just confused. Like really people, we need to really understand the heart of God. And then you're asking people to stay in these abusive relationships. It's just not right. Uh, So that leads me to talk about sexual boundaries in marriage. Um, I spoke to Brittany about this in episode 30 um, that no man or woman is a vessel or just simply a vessel for someone else um, for someone else's sexual pleasure at their expense. Sex in a marriage should never be a. Uh, when they say jump I say how high. Sex is supposed to be a bonding experience for two people under Christ. It's supposed to be enjoyable um, a pleasurable experience so why would you think that it's okay to just use someone as a vessel? I'm sorry if I sound angry here, y'all. I just think, I just think this is such an important conversation for us to have. And I think there's so many people in the Christian faith who are in abusive, unhealthy relationships and have placed, um, you know, marriage on this pedestal to the point where divorce is just not an option. And it is an option. <laughs> divorce is an option. And Especially if someone is not loving you like Christ because they're breaking the covenant. And I'm not saying someone who's just like, you guys are having issues in your relationship because that is not the same thing. But if someone is constantly sinning against you, they have habitual sin. The Bible talks about habitual sin. It literally says like when we, are re- when we receive grace, do we just go on sinning? No. So, so research shows that approximately 10 to 14% of married women are raped by their husband. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Research shows that approximately 10 to 14 percent of married women are raped by their husband. And that's in America. That's a pretty decent amount of people. I know that sounds like a low number, but it's actually a lot of people. So this is not the same thing as him wanting to have sex more than you one day or like having lazy sex. This is completely unwanted. And I tell you guys about this because I want to inform you that you are allowed to have sexual boundaries in your marriage. You're allowed to have sexual boundaries. Even if people are listening and you, you know, you sin in and you're, you're not, you're having sex outside of marriage, you're still allowed to tell him, tell her what you're not comfortable with. Um, It doesn't matter just because you, you have a relationship with this person that you just have to allow them to have access to you. Um, Now, this is an extreme example, but a less extreme example is your partner desiring to do something that you aren't comfortable with. Um, And a helpful tool to navigate this um, is using the traffic light method. So I learned this from Brittany when she was on a podcast uh, that Kev on stage and his wife had. Um, Basically, you discuss what is a green light. So what you're comfortable with doing. A yellow would be something you're willing to eventually move to green. And uh, red are things you are completely unwilling to do. And these things may change you may just need to discuss it when it does so a red can become green a green can become red a yellow can go the other the either way um so it's just important that you just have these conversations and i think using the stoplight will definitely help with that um i think something that's really sad is women think that they have no say and can't express what they aren't comfortable with and i think men too because we don't have these conversations with men we just assume them to be just be sexual so i think it's probably happening a lot more to men that we actually acknowledge and you know i had this conversation with a client recently as well about how you know just because someone is your boyfriend or you're in a relationship with them or even if you voluntarily laid down with this person um you are never obligated to do anything you don't want to do so that's during the act before the act after the act, when, when the act is about to happen, when, when the act is coming to an end, it, it doesn't matter. If your boyfriend or your husband is making you do things you aren't comfortable with, that matters. Like, it's literally illegal. It's illegal in many states in America for someone to force you into having sex with them. It doesn't matter if you're dating them or not. Um, there's no free pass because you agreed to be in a relationship with them. And this help, this actually applies to all kinds of relationships. So I want to kind of get into boundaries in general. So you are allowed to create boundaries when you feel you are in a relationship with someone who isn't healthy for you. Um, why do I say that? Because God did it. OK, there are boundaries to being in relationship with him. So let's think about that, because I think when I learned this, um, I think it was like 2017 when I learned this, it really changed my view on not just letting people walk over me, do whatever they want and treat me however they want to. Um, Because we see many times in the Bible that the Lord has boundaries. Um, You know, he demonstrates what happens when people continuously sin against him. And if you read the Old Testament, God really isn't playing. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't here for it. (laughs) He'll have you wandering in a desert to get to a promised land that was only supposed to take you two weeks to get to it. Like, that's real. They were not supposed to be wandering for 40 years, y'all. If you look at the distance, it's about two weeks, or I think it was two weeks or two months. Should not have taken them 40 years. (laughs) So another thing we have to remember is that, you know, I think another example is that Judas was not one of Jesus' closest friends. And also that Jesus often um, would take time away from even his closest friends to spend time alone with God. So that is a boundary. That's making time for things that matter to him. And he would literally tell people, like, you're not coming with me. (laughs) Don't follow me. He literally said that. Um, but with the Judas example, you know, he was a disciple. But there was about you know 500 disciples at one point, and then there were 12. And um, what what did Jesus say to those the large number? He said, "Choose this day who you will serve." And half of them, a majority of them people were like, "You know what? This ain't for me," and they went the other way. But the 12 stayed. Um, he didn't say you can worship me and your other guys, like just keep it like a 80-20 thing. Just make sure I'm the majority. No, he said, if you want to be in a relationship with me, I have boundaries. And the Ten Commandments are a great example of that as well. Um, they were not like cute requests he had where he's like, you know what, like cute suggestions. Like, can you please just maybe do this because I just, no. He said, this is what you're going to do or, or depart from me. <laughs> and that's what he's going to say on the final day too. Like, I never knew you. You didn't know me. You know what I'm saying? So also, in addition to that, Jesus had three close friends. So he had the 12 disciples, but three of them were the closest. So, um, yes, he was in fellowship with Judas, but he was not one of his closest friends. And that's something, that's a message right there. I don't know who needs to hear that. But just because we're being Christians doesn't mean we have to keep people close to us that are not healthy for us. That's actually not loving yourself, if you think about it. Um, So you're allowed to have boundaries with people that are not healthy for you just like the Lord has boundary with, with people outside of the disciples and also within his core friend group. And it's not like he's saying like, Oh, you can never talk to me, um, all this stuff, but he did set up boundaries where people knew where they stood with him. And, you know, I think it would be so much easier for us to follow suit with difficult people. If we could just see how Judas's relationship with Jesus looked, how he treated him, what their boundaries looked like in the relationship. Um, I think it'd be just so much easier to follow suit but like there's so many things that we could say that for like i wish jesus would have done this or i could have seen him do this um but i think it'd be a a lot help a lot more helpful for christians to love themselves by creating boundaries um man like jesus literally knew that judas was going to betray him like the whole time like from birth jesus knew that like imagine this man is sitting across from sitting across from the table asking you to pass the uh the mac and cheese And my man is about to betray you. It's crazy. But yes, boundaries are okay. Jesus literally told people not to follow him places. And that brings me to my next point. So you need to be mindful of people who make you feel bad about your boundaries. Um, People who don't have uh, respect for your boundaries or call you mean or unloving for having them. Um, That's not correct. And you also need to make sure you separate yourself from those kinds of people because A person who can hear a boundary and realize, oh, snap, I've hurt this person in some way. The response should be an apology and just, uh, you know, allowing you to take the space until that person can prove that they deserve to be in your space. Um, uh, It is actually unloving to go on sinning against a person and expect the same level of relational intimacy. So people who don't respect boundaries are actually and then make you feel bad for, for having boundaries are actually doing the thing that they're saying is bad because the Bible literally tells us not to go on sinning against people, well, against God, but that also applies to us. So Romans 6 says, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. So this is referring to how we treat Christ, you know, his grace towards us because, you know, we could go on sinning because his grace abounds, right? Um, but the same thing, goes for our relationships as well you don't just keep sinning against people and expect things to be the same so um what grace is not there for is to allow for con- t- continued sin it's a an opportunity to uh turn away from your sin and make a better choice a better, better decision so um matthew 18 15 through 20 speaks about how um about going to the person who has sinned against you and it says to tell them their fault matthew eighteen fifteen through 20 literally tells you how to uh, have boundaries. Literally says to tell the person their fault. Um, The Bible doesn't say to bury it and hope that things get better. Um, uh, It's giving you permission to stand up for yourself. And I think that's beautiful because, you know, like I said earlier, the church doesn't always highlight that a lot. And it says, if they listen to you, you have gained a brother. But if they do not, then you go to two others and bring them into the conversation. So it's literally walking you through how to handle conflict. So you speak to the person first. If they listen to you, you've gained a brother. If they don't, then you you bring people in to help you guys figure it out. Um, and then if the person still doesn't listen, you bring it to the church. So um, this is why it's important to be friends with people and um, be in relationship with people who have accountability in their life. Because if you talk to them and they have no other accountability at the end of the day, this person's going to just kind of keep living in sin because they can continue to hurt people and no one's going to hold them accountable. So I think that's why it's important for us to be in fe- in, in fellowship and uh, a part of the church, because this doesn't just mean like you bring it to the pastor. It means you bring it to the people who are the church. So that can be your friend group. It can be your larger friend group where you guys can all have a conversation Um it could be your boyfriend or girlfriend's parents or um, a, a mentor in, in their family. And, and that's also for marriages too. Um, the church could be a Christian counselor as well. Someone who has the information you need to know to make better decisions. Um, and I think that is really helpful too because it shows you there are different levels to take. Uh, and then, you know, it even says if they still don't listen After you've gone to them, let them know what their fault was. After you've brought people in, two people in, after you've brought it to the church and they still don't listen, it says to let that person be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. It does not say let them keep on sinning against you. It does not say keep that person close to your heart. In these times, a Gentile or a tax collector, you did not communicate with these people. Tax collectors were disrespectful. They took more money than they needed to. And no one really liked the tax collectors. And the Gentiles were the same way um at different times for different communities. So it's literally telling you don't be close to this person. They literally do not respect you, they don't care. So separate yourself. Um and the last part definitely uh basically means, you know, just someone you don't associate with. So, um Matthew 10:14 speaks about bringing peace as well in these relationships, so not just being careless and disrespectful, you know, as the person is, but bring peace, but if that person doesn't receive you or listen to you, shake the dust from your feet when you leave their house. So it's basically like, you know, as Jay-Z would say, get the dirt off your shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think people hear this first about giving a person the other cheek. You know, well, this is not Matthew, but, you know, you guys know the verse I'm talking about. You know, uh, if they if they slap your one cheek and you give them another the cheek. And I think people have misinterpreted that verse for so long. And I've always had an awkward relationship with that. Like that doesn't seem like, seem like something God would tell me to do. Um, and I kind of looked into it a little more and I think really it's an image of being unfazed by a person's evil. So just kind of sit with that for a second. Um, because in the verse before it, it says that people have said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but do not resist the evil one. Um, if he slaps you, give him the other cheek. If he sues you for your tunic, give him your cloak. It's basically showing them that anything they do can't provoke you to retaliate. And it goes back to the beginning where it says, as it was said before, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But now it's saying, don't let them provoke you to retaliate. Um, And it's not telling you to just take abuse from anyone or unhealthy behavior. So I think just kind of understanding that verse for what it actually is saying can help you to stand up for yourself a little more and create space between people who don't love you well. Um, And I think, you know, Matthew 10, 14 and Matthew 18, 15 talks directly to that. So, um, like, think about this. Why would Jesus think of you so highly and then tell you to endure abuse from people and then also say that it would be better for a person to be thrown into the sea with a milestone, a, a millstone hanging around their neck than to cause one of his children to stumble. Do you guys see where I'm confused? Um, let me look up the verse really quick. So Luke 17, 2, this is the in the NIV version. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble so he's talking about his children it's better for you to (laughs) basically end your own life in a very wild and scary way than to hurt his children so it wouldn't make sense for God to say you're you're important you you are highly cherished and then tell you to endure abuse but then also say that it's better for someone to uh, tie a millstone around their neck and, 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 and jump into the sea. Do <laughs> you guys see where my confusion is? It's just not adding up. So this is what you want to do with the Bible when you compare it to your real-life experiences. What would, you, literally, I know it sounds so cliche, but what would Jesus do? In reality, does this reflect the character of Christ? Is this person loving me like Christ is? Am I loving myself like, like Christ would love me? And there's going to be some situations where you're going to have to kind of endure hard situations um that come naturally, but you should not be subjecting yourself to abuse over and over again when you can get out of it. Like the if the Lord provides us uh an escape out of temptation, he's going to provide us an escape out of abuse. Um so, you know, this doesn't give you an excuse to cut people off because you you know, you heard this verse and it says to go to people um you know, dust, dust your shoulders off. Um, it literally tells you, you should go to people and and talk to them. And there are many different steps that you should exhaust before just ending a relationship. Um, it would not be loving to just end a relationship when there was an opportunity for reconciliation. That's just not like Christ. Um, but the Lord also never calls us to stay in unhealthy relationships with people who abuse grace and seem to have no remorse or desire to change. Um, that is not love. And they've broken the, that covenant with Christ to love others as they love themselves. So that's literally in all relationships. Could be dating. Could be marriage. Could be friendship, family, a co-worker, all these things. Um, you don't have to stay in these ab- abusive relationships. And, you know, that also sh- shows you people people's relationships with themselves as well. Um, or, you know, or the lack thereof. Um, so, People who are, who struggle to love others well, just imagine the relationship that they have with themselves. So, you know, we're still called to forgive them. And if if Jesus could, you know, die on the cross, he, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was killed for something he was wrongly accused of. Then then he said, you know, forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's wild that my Jesus could do that. If he could find it in his heart, we could find a little something in our hearts for for the minor offenses, even, even for larger offenses. And, and I don't mean to minimize larger offenses, but there are smaller offenses that we don't have to focus too much on. And um, that doesn't mean that you allow these people um, in your space or allow them to be close to you, but it's just releasing them from the prison in your heart. Um, I imagine that these people have a deeper sadness in themselves that they're unwilling or not ready to address yet. Um, You can't really have inner peace and be careless with people. So um, that may help you to have some sympathy for these people, but um, it's not an excuse for allowing them to still be in a close relationship with you. Um, So boundaries may look like unfollowing people or not spending time with them, canceling future plans. And boundaries don't have to be rigid in some relationships. If you feel that the person is a safe person after time and you know, they've come back and they, they seem repentant and it seems like they've changed things. And maybe, yeah, if you if you feel comfortable, you can do that. Um, I had a friendship like that where I had to end the end the friendship because it was unhealthy. And a couple of years later, we became friends again and she was able to be more aware of how her decisions and lack of like social awareness and relationship management um, and relationships affected our friendship and other relationships in our life. Um, and that also reminds me, I think I'll do an episode on the four factors of emotional intelligence as well, because I think that will be helpful for us to just kind of look at different aspects of being uh, emotionally intelligent and just kind of check where we're at. But I hope this episode was helpful to you. I hope it helped you feel more comfortable communicating when you feel someone has wronged you and allow you to see, you know, who will respect your boundaries and allow growth in your marriages, your dating and other relationships. Um, There are always going to be people who may try to take advantage of your kindness. That's always going to happen. There's always going to be people who have those characteristics, but you also have a part to play by loving yourself and setting boundaries in the relationships because um, these people may want to love you well and they're hurting you unnecessarily, not even knowing that they're hurting you um, because you haven't had these opportunities for communication. Um, And if you have told them and they're continuing, then that gives you an opportunity to um and that relationship or create a boundary um it's really important that you learn to communicate your own feelings your own needs and your own wants to people and then if they don't listen the first time as you guys know there's different levels to how you can address those conflicts so as you guys know you can follow the parallel at the parallel pod on instagram on and on tiktok um remember to leave some ratings i see some more on apple podcast as well so i appreciate everybody who's been doing that on apple and on spotify um So, yeah, Uh, as you guys know, remember to speak the truth in love and kiss the sun. Speak to you guys next week. Bye.